Yes, people. Welcome to a new episode of Echo Chamber. We've got a couple of films for you this week, but before we get into that, here's the top 15 of um, yeah the films streaming in the UK right now. So, at number 15, we've got The Greatest Showman. At number 14, it's Knives Out. At number 13, it's Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Harlequin. At number 12, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. At number 11, Spies in Disguise. Now, top 10. 10, we've got The Gentleman. At number 9, it's Jumanji The Next Level. At number 8, yo, it's Bombshell. Number 7, we've got Frozen 2 People. Number 6, hey, it's The Last. Yeah. Star Wars 9, The Rise of Skywalker. And number 5, we got Jojo Rabbit. At number 4, it's Little Women. At number 2, we got Onward. Sorry, at number 3, even, we got Onward. At number 2, it's 1917. And in at number 1, it's Bad Boys for Life. Or bad boys free, you know. So yeah, that is uh, the top film streaming in the UK right now, people. So yeah, we've got two films this week. We have the wrong Missy, and then we've got Blood Machines. So um, yo, two drastically different features, right? Uh, but before we get into them. Here is a little bit of news for you. Okay, people. So if you are thinking to yourself, what am I going to do on a Saturday night? Well, (laughs) don't worry. Because Lionsgate UK have got you covered. All right. So, um, you know. They have decided to launch, like Lionsgate US, their own Lionsgate Live series, um, A Night at the Movies. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's gonna, you can access it via their YouTube channel, uh, and they will be screening um, some. Really um, great films, all of them, like I think award winning, right? So you've got La La Land, um, Eddie the Eagle, Bend It Like Beckham, and The Hunger Games, all right? So, um, yeah, each film is part of, um, you know. A Night at the Movies initiative And will be presented by a unique celebrity host Including Edith Bowman, Keith Lemon, Jack Whitehall and Jonathan Ross 
Every Saturday, the event will feature special programming and interactive opportunities for fans, such as surprise guest appearances, real-time fan chat via YouTube Live, live tweeting um, at Lionsgate UK. Um, Yeah, there's going to be costume contests, giveaways, and a lot more. One big thing, audiences will have the chance to join Lionsgate UK in helping the NHS charities together COVID-19 Urgent Appeal, who are currently supporting NHS staff and volunteers caring for COVID-19 patients. And the film and TV charity COVID-19 Emergency Response. Supporting the people behind the scenes who bring these stories to our screens. Okay, so it all starts this coming Saturday. Uh, That's the 2nd of May. And that will be La La Land. Then the 9th of May is Eddie the Eagle. The 16th of May is Bend It Like Beckham. And then the 23rd of May is the very first Hunger Games. So, um, yeah. People, get your popcorn. Have your beverages. And, uh, you know. Enjoy yourself because you can sit back and, um, yeah, get down with any of these films. So, uh, yeah, have fun. Um, and again, the information is in the episode info. All right, great stuff. Okay, so. Fans of Japanese cinema, yo, you can rejoice because BFI Japan 2020 is now upon us. So, from the information on the website, it reads, In this major season, we spotlight Japanese filmmakers who have inspired admiration and fascination around the world we have long carried a torch for japanese film here at the bfi since the birth the first bfi london film festival opened with akira kurosawa's fawn of blood in 1957 we've played a vital role in bringing the cinema of this culturally rich nation to UK audiences through our festivals, seasons, theoretical distribution, books and video publishing. In this major season, we spotlight filmmakers who have inspired admiration and fascination around the world. We begin our story with Akira Kurosawa and over the coming months will present films from the golden age, a focus on Yasugira Uzu, New Wave Rebels, the visionary creations of anime, the Neverworlds of J-Horror, and so much more with archived rarities to contemporary works and cult classics. This landmark season will take place on the BFI Player, 
It started on the 11th of May and it will continue with new new online collections released each month and they expect to present it at the BFI South Bank and cinemas nationwide later on in the year. So yes, you'll be able to see stuff like Seven Samurai, Drunken Angel, Ran, Stray Dog. I mean, just classics like that. So yeah, if you're a fan, um, go check it out, right? So you'll be pleased to know you can get a free 14-day free trial of the BFI player. Um, and after that, it is $4.99 a month, but you can cancel whenever you want. And another thing that a lot of, you know, film fans may enjoy, um, you know, there will be a lot of exclusive introductions from Mark Commode. So, that is Japan 2020. It's on the BFI player right now, people. Go check it out. Okay, film fans, this will be of interest to you. Today, Cinema Showtime, an Indiegogo crowdfunding multimedia project designed to reunite film fans following the coronavirus lockdown, has launched. They will be working in partnership with Medi Cinema, the charity that brings the magic of film to hospitals. Cinema Showtime is a project that is looking forward to a time when re- restrictions are lifted and we can start going and doing what we love again. Going to the pictures. It is looking forward to a time when we can watch rescheduled movies that we have been waiting to see for months on the big screen with our friends. The current guidelines suggest that we can expect to see cinemas reopen to the public from July the 4th. Perhaps that will be our own Independence Day. (laughs) What the Cinema Showtime project involves production and distribution of a free glossy magazine written by film experts and packed with the ultimate preview of every movie being released between November the 20th and August the 23rd. Sorry, that's November 2020 to August 2021. This will include the latest release dates, info, features, interviews and more. Staging a one-off live event in a prominent London venue called Cinema Showtime Live that fans and contributors will be invited to attend. This will include a fan lottery with incredible prizes and money can't buy merchandise and experiences also creating an online site and newsletter that celebrates the return of cinema with up-to-the-minute news and information production unique and exclusive merchandise to tie in with the event and film releases and also 
10% of all contributions and money raised will go to the charity Medi Cinema to assist with their work. The teams behind Cinema Showtime, Creative Path Group Limited, Strike Media Limited and My Film Club will be monitoring the latest coronavirus guidelines to ensure that what is planned will be sensible and time sensitive. The first glossy magazine is currently scheduled for October. As this proceeds, a number of major rescheduled movie releases for November onwards. These include No Time to Die, Black Widow, Soul, Free Guy, Peter Rabbit 2, Fast and the Furious 9, Top Gun Maverick, Coming to America 2, The Tomorrow War, Venom 2 and many more. Medi Cinema is a registered UK charity that builds and runs state-of-the-art cinemas in NHS hospitals which accommodate beds and medical equipment. They work to help improve patient well-being, resilience and recovery through the power of film and the shared cinema experience. Currently, their cinemas are suspended just like all regular cinemas across the country. Instead, they are providing a free movie channel for patients to access at their bedsides during the long periods of isolation that come with restricted visiting hours. We are raising money for them to keep these services running and to ensure their in-hospital cinemas can reopen when it is safe to do so. Um, the Medi Cinema CEO Kat Mason said, We all miss being able to go out to see a film with friends and for our NHS patients who are more isolated than ever and not able to visit our in hospital cinemas. It is even harder. This is such a wonderful initiative. Uh, we are so grateful for Cinema Showtime support, which will help ensure that our cinemas will reopen and that patients can once again have a break from the wards and their conditions to do what used to feel normal to all of us. To go and watch a great film. Alright, so check out the links in this episode's information on how you can get involved with uh, Cinema Showtime. Great stuff. Okay, so now we've had all that information. Hey, some interesting stuff, right? Uh, but yeah, let's now start with our films. So we're going to go to uh, to Netflix and uh, then we're going to head to Shudder. All right. So uh, sit back and enjoy. Okay, so, um, yeah, this week I watched The Wrong Missy. So this is from director Tyler Spindell. Uh, it was written by Chris Pappas and Kevin Barnett. And it stars, oh, good few uh, people. David Spade, Lauren Lupkus, Nick Swardson, 
uh, Jackie Sandler, uh, Sarah Chollock, Chris Wiss, Witsake, Rob Schneider, uh, Molly Sims, Jeff Pearson. Yeah, you know, so it's got a uh, it's got a decent cast, right? Um, with some guest appearances from Joe Anoye, uh, that is uh, Roman Reigns to those WWE fans, and uh, Vanilla Ice. Um, I think it's got Hurley from uh, Lost in it as well. I could be wrong. I don't think I am, no. But, uh, yes, I believe that was him. Uh, but, yes, so, yeah, it's got a um, decent cast. And all of that music is from Matteo Messina. Cinematography, Theo Van de Sand. And the gist of the film is this. So, Tim Morris, who's played by Spade, has a blind date with Melissa, a.k.a. Missy, uh, played by Lapkus. Melissa is extremely strange, especially with her odd behaviour that turns out to be disastrous for Tim. Later, though, Tim meets a beautiful woman, also named Melissa, at the airport on the way for a business trip. She ends up giving him her number. He begins texting her and eventually invites her to his work retreat in Hawaii. However, on the plane, Missy shows up and Tim realises he had been texting the wrong Melissa all the time. And from there, oh yes, as you would expect... Hijinks do follow, people. Yes, they do. So, the big thing with this is kind of like the, you know, the whole opposites attract and the duality of nature and all of that. You know what I mean? So, we've got Tim, who is very straight-laced. You know, just in the things he watches, the things he reads. Um, he's not a chance taker. He's had his heart broken. And so now, you know, he, he's just, he doesn't want drama. You know, he's, he's kind of been forced to re-enter the dating world. But yeah, he just wants something normal. Now, the first Melissa, played by Lapkiss, she is the complete opposite to Tim. You know, she's crazy, just voices and shouting and, you know, all manner of craziness, right? And so that's the big thing. So as, but as soon as you, you understand, you, you know where this film is going, right? It's not pushing any sort of boundaries. And, and you have the understanding of, okay, so we're just going to have, there's going to be a series of crazy events, right? 
and there's going to be this big drama, and then ba 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 boom, and at the end it will be boom. Like you, you know, kind of where this is going, but yeah, I guess with a film like this, the whole idea is all right. So, can they pull it off? You know, can they make me chuckle? Um, now they <laughs> they do throw in some shit that just like look. I'm fine with the jokes and all of this, but sometimes when, you know, there's a bit where she falls off a cliff. Now, I can see that because it's in the trailer, right? Um, And, you know, I guess they could have had a fall off a cliff in a way where you'd be like, all right, I get that, I believe that. But the way she falls off the, it's just like, wait, no, you'd be dead. There's a lot of falling. Where people just get up and you're just like, no, <laughs> that's at least a body cast. How the fuck is anyone getting up from that? Now, obviously, listen, I get it. I get it. You're not meant to ask those questions. But that kind of stuff does throw me out of the moment often when I'm watching something, right? But yeah, so you've got this kind of stuff. Which, you know, like, I think if they had cut those scenes, the film wouldn't have lost anything. I kind of feel, you know. And, and so, yeah, they they could have just kept it but cut those. But, yeah, it is what it is, right? Uh, like, it is a bit silly because you have things like his friend... And his friends just, you know, reading all his emails, like, huh? You know, because it's kind of like, look, I think people get passwords. Yes, there are people that have shitty passwords, but it is, we kind of move beyond just the password, be part, you know what I mean? Just those, so the, yeah, the dude just always reading his shit was a bit like, eh, okay. Whatever, and then there's a bit towards the end, which you know, you know, there's gonna be a bit like this, which is fine, but I think it was just the fact that his phone is open, like no one has like has their phone open. I think everyone's got either you know what I mean, just the the fingerprint ID, the face ID, or a password. No one has their phone open. So just that was just a bit like, ah, come on, come on, man. I don't know, no. But, but, I will say this. Film made me laugh. You know what I mean? The film made me laugh. Right now, is this the type of film I normally would be watching? No. I didn't really know about this film. I think I chose it because it was number two or something in the the, the film top ten on Netflix in the UK. So I was like, eh, I don't know what to watch. Fine, I'll watch this. It was late at night. I was in a bad mood. And this made me laugh. Which was definitely needed. And it, like, it was... 
genuine, I genuinely did laugh a good few times. And there was a few times when I'm just a little chuckle to myself, like, ugh, that is so dumb. But, you know, still chuckled. Now, there's scenes that, yeah, I know, I clearly, they are meant to be funny, but I'm just a bit like, yeah, I'm not, you know, don't make me laugh as much. Like the whole um, sex scene towards the end. It was just a bit like, ah, you know, I know they could have done it better. Um, and as I said, like the cliff and, you know, that shit, I think there's a septic tank thing and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I get it. Those are meant to be funny and a lot of people will find them funny. That wasn't me. But yeah, there was a lot of other shit in the film that was, I mean, the, even though it was dumb, just the beginning of the first date was amusing. It was amusing. I ain't lying. Right? And look, we do get kind of answers to Missy's behaviour. That is kind of brought up within the film to give you a kind of like, oh, okay. Okay, which, you know, it's fine. Like, it is mad over top and ridiculous and normal people, yeah, they're not acting like that. But, it, you know what I mean? They kind of, they give you something to go, all right, this is why. And you're like, all right, whatever. I can live with that, you know? It's not the end of the world, right? I've seen people criticise the film, you know, which is fair, you can do that, other people going, you know, David Spade just didn't have the same energy as, you know, Lauren Lupkiss, but I think that's meant to be the point, right, if, you know, if the Tim character was crazy and, like, vibrant and all of that, it it wouldn't have been that same dynamic that they're going for. So, yeah, that's not the issue for me. Like, you know, like some of the writing is a bit meh. You know, some of the jokes are a bit meh. But, listen, like if you want, I would definitely say if you want something that's, you know, you don't have to think about that, and that will give you a few chuckles, then this is definitely, you know, that type of film, and all, but here's the big thing though, right, if you're a fan of, like, the genuine, like, Happy Madison Fair, you know, if, if those films are the kind of ones that you like, you know what I mean? So if you enjoyed films like Mr. Deeds and, um, you know, Grown Ups, you know, like Hot Chicks, then, yeah, you, you will really enjoy this film, right? And, you know, come on now. Like, they've also made a lot of good shit as well. You know what I mean? So, you know, like, you can't just be like, oh, Happy Madison. <laughs> oh, dear. They're all bad. Because, no, they make some good stuff. 
I, 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 you know I mean? Fifty First Date. I love that film. That is great. You know? And, hey, Goldbergs. That's one, like, a huge TV show. So, yeah. You know what? So don't be one of these pretentious dicks that just judge it on that basis. But, yeah, if you want a good... If you want to chuckle, if you want something that you don't have to think about... Then The Wrong Missy is a good film to go to, right? And if you're a ham fan of Happy Madison, then you're going to go to it anyway. So, yeah, that is my feelings on this film. Okay, so... I have just uh, checked out Blood Machines, which is the new, yeah, let's call it feature. Um, Well, it's a a collaboration. So it's a collaboration between um, Seth Ickerman and Carpenter Brute. Uh, It's starring... Elisa Laswoski, Anders Heinrichsen, and Nomi Stevens, with a few other talented actresses and actors thrown in. It's about 50 minutes, and it's split into three chapters. So, we've got um, Mima, which is number one, then two is Corey, and three is Tracy, and, you know, I I, I definitely feel it's best to watch them back to back, because essentially it is one big thing, but it's just been split, um, for the sake of just this interesting collaboration, right, uh, yeah, it kind of came about, like, when you, well, it came from a Kickstarter campaign, you know what I mean, which is insane, right, came from a Kickstarter campaign, and, um, basically, uh, you know, it's inspired by, kind of, sci-fi horror films and the 80s, yeah, interesting, right, um, and when you kind of check it out, like, uh, Ickman and, um, Brute, they, they've got this love of, you know, kind of simps, and, um, just those classic 80s music videos that were really long, and it was a story, you know, when you look at things like Michael Jackson's Thriller, and, and stuff like that, you know, these were kind of stories rather than just these, you know, just people standing around, and it means nothing, essentially, so they wanted to bring that to the screen, now, they collaborated first in 2016 on um, Turbo Killer, which essentially is the first part of this story, and um, they realised that, so they wanted to do something bigger and with a more kind of film-natured narrative. 
And so that's how Blood Machines came about. Um, yeah, it's got themes, right? So they broke it down into these themes, which is kind of interesting, right? So on their Kickstarter, it says, as we experience the ever-growing independence between man and machine, our connection to machines is increasingly filled with emotions. With the development of artificial intelligence, machines can now have complex behavior. Some people imagine that machines have a conscience, and the more spiritual will believe they have a soul. Blood machines will deal with this universal theme, even though these questions have been treated many times before, they are now more relevant than ever. And I think this was very interesting. So it says, at the time of his death, Roy Batty, the replicant from Blade Runner, lets a dove fly away as a symbol of his soul. The bird takes off to the sky. This poetic moment perfectly illustrates the beginning of our film. In a metaphoric way, Blood Machines begins where Blade Runner leaves off. Yeah. Kind of crazy, right? Um, and so, yeah, the, the the story is this. Two space hunters are tracking down a machine trying to free itself. After taking it down, they witness a mysterious phenomenon. The ghost of a young woman pulls itself out of the machine as if the spaceship had a soul trying to understand the nature of this entity they start chasing the woman through space and um yeah that's what we have and yo this is so interesting like to be honest i had no clue what i was expecting here right I, um, yeah, I just got an email <laughs> going, oh, this thing's come. this is coming out, and, um, yeah, let us know if you want to, you know, check it out, and, yeah, I'm always looking for interesting content, and so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a try, and I, yeah, I, I was expecting, like, uh, just an indie, kind of sci-fi horror kind of thing but yo just blown blown away like visually this is stunning this really is stunning when you think it's just an indie production you know they kept the team to a minimum a lot of it you know done themselves Looking at it, you wouldn't think that, right? Compare it to some other just small independent stuff that you may have seen. Yeah, you'd think this was a a larger budget than what they had. Is it's it's kind of like this psychedelic, weird visual trip that you're on, but. It's honed 
You know what I mean? It's not like just so over the top that you're like, oh no, I, I just can't even get into it. It well, one thing that came to mind when I I, I watched this was a, a TV series from the late nineties. It was called Lex. And it man, it had four seasons. Right? So I think over in the UK it aired on Channel 5. And that was like this was when Channel 5 kind of first started. It was like late night because it had kind of you know, a, a a sexual theme to it. Uh that's what they kind of said. Um, and I think it was on the Sci-Fi Channel as well. So yeah, it ran from like what ninety-seven till two thousand and two, um, and it was odd. <laughs> it was really odd. Now I would say that this was like you visually. They, you know, they're not, it's it's just not the same, right? But there's kind of an element that reminds you of it. But, yeah, it definitely not the same at all. Um, like, this had a very kind of a stylistic, interesting feel to it. But then with kind of these medieval weird elements thrown in as well you know um it kind of reminds you slightly of like a, a meti a bit of sorry heavy metal right the heavy metal comics um from the 80s 90s or uh, like some 2000 AD kind of stuff, right? Alex de Campi, you know what I mean? It's, it's got that kind of style to it, right? Just different, really different. And that was the thing that I found so interesting. Like, from a sci-fi point of view, they didn't necessarily go with... The tropes that we always see Like the guns were different Like the technology was Slightly different Right The spaceship had this cool Different look to it Yeah And that was kind of cool Just And what some of the characters were wearing Was like um, You know Vascan Was kind of different and that was very interesting. And so, you know, like, as it said on the, the you know, the Kickstarter, the whole um, AI, you know, the relationship with humans and machines and the way we view them and everything like that. You definitely see that. You know, that's apparent. Um and the characters have a, a different viewpoint to this, right? So, Vascan, you know, he's the captain of the spaceship. Um, Yeah, he don't really care. He don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? He's just like, listen, you're going to do what the fuck I say. And you're going to do it now. You know what I mean? He's like throwing people around. He's kind of an asshole. 
kind of an asshole. But then you've got Lago, who's like older. He's kind of the wash to this, if you want to use a, uh, you know, a firefly comparison. But um, yeah, they've got, he he kind of cares more about the machine and all of that, which plays into it. And yeah, you you're you're seeing this kind of situation develop where they're you know they're asked the question, right? So they've chased the Mima down, right? So that's the entity that you will see in Turbo Killer, right? So the Mima they've chased her down. And we we you were kind of like, mm, I think they want to use her for scrap or just take the wreckage. And it all kind of goes from this moment and this reaction, which is interesting, right? But you can also look at it as well in, in different ways. You know, like you can relate it to relationships, you can relate it to friendships. Because it's that whole thing, right? That, hey, if you listen to someone, right? If you just show a bit of remorse, if you show a little understanding, that goes a long way. And so if this had been done at the very beginning, yo... This could have been a completely different thing. But it's not. And that's where the fun comes from it. You know, because we then see them just move into this new kind of situation. And, like, there is a moment and we we see them racing through kind of space. Which kind of is like, oh, so... Are they still on the planet? Like, where did they go? How did they... These were kind of like, are they still on the planet? Or, like, in the atmosphere? Like, what happened? But you don't really care. Because it's just very interesting. Because then we're seeing this kind of new situation that they're in. And it's that whole kind of thing where you're feeling that you are the dominant one. <laughs> I mean, like there's like yeah, there's so many parallels here. Like you can see a parallel to Skynet in Terminator, and and it's just yeah, this kind of blind. <laughs> um, I'd say it, it's kind of like um, contempt, right? It's this blind contempt of the situation, but still. There's a road to redemption. And so, that, yeah, that's the cool thing. Like, we're, we're seeing this thing unfold, but then we're seeing these outs. And that's life, right? There's many times we get into a situation and you could, like, you're heading in a way. But there's, there's sometimes there's roots out of it. But you just need the humility to be like, you know what? Yeah, I kind of fucked up there. All right, let's stop this shit. <laughs> but you need that humility And So yeah this was So interesting Seeing the story 
seeing the story and the fact that it's not long. It's about 50 minutes. But you are just interested all the way through. Interested all the way through. Like, there's nudity up in this. But it's weird because it's not sexual. Right? It's not sexual. Like, you you know, it's kind of sexual in... I think some of the shots that we're seeing, um, yet yeah, the way they're shot, like, look, when I say, you know, because it's not shot in a sexual kind of, like, vulgar way, but it's like the contours of the ship reflect the contours of the body, and you know what I mean? That's what we're getting. So it's interesting, really interesting. And, um, yeah, it's just this fascinating tale. Like, really great angles and views that we're given. That's just so fun. You know, it really brings something to the story. Like, there's this kind of portal moment in it that's kind of like, ah, yeah, that's interesting. That's good. That works. And you, it's funny, like, because when you... Because I watched Blood Machines, and then I found um, Turbo Killer. But you watch Turbo Killer, and the effects in Blood Machine just leaps and bounds. You know what I mean? Like, the improvement of the effects is incredible. And Turbo Killer came out in 2016. So... I mean, it's, it's not that much time, but yeah, they've managed to capture this stuff and bring us this crazy universe and do it in a short amount of time, and it's fascinating. So, but you take those visuals, you take that story, and then you bring the music to it as well, which, ah, man, the music is. Great, the music is great. You know, it's like this synth kind of um Bauhaus kind of effect, right? It's just this kind of ba 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 ba. You know, like we've heard kind of elements like it in certain scenes of like Alien. And Terminator, but this just takes those little nuggets and it expands it. Sherry, like you know, Turbo Killer is a four minute music video, Blood Machines is a 50 minute kind of soap opera. The vastness of it is crazy, and that's what we get with the music. It's just blossomed into this soundscape that just really helps bring the story to life. You know, like, without the music, the story would be different. And it's not one of those things where, you know, you you have music in a film and it's like, this is the scary part. This is the emotional part. This is the happy bit. No, it's not that. 
the relationship with the music with this it's very inherent you it, it goes to a kind of cellular level it's like um look when you when you look at a a comic book and you know they'll say the art is by and they'll and then name the artist, right? But they don't always name, especially in older times, they might not have always named the Inca and the colorist. But without the Inca and the colorist and finding those right collaborations, you'd have a completely different thing. You know, sometimes you see a piece that hasn't been inked and hasn't been coloured. And it can be great, right? But then you add those other elements to it and it's just like, God damn, that's incredible. And so, yeah, that's what this is. Like, on their own, they'd still be enjoyable, but together, man, it is something else entirely. And it's extremely enjoyable. I'm so glad I checked this out. You know what I mean? It's just great. It really is. Ah, you know what? The other interesting thing. So, um, Seth Ickerman. It's two people. It's a pseudonym. So, it's Rafael Jimenez and Savitri Joel Gunfard. Um, they're two French directors who have been just working in, uh, you know, the industry for 10 years doing their thing. And this is a, um, you know, this is a great calling card. This is a great thing to hang your hat on and say, yo, this is what we do. Yeah, it would be really interesting to see what comes from this. There's, um, yeah, just crazy interesting. I, yeah, I would say, um, Man, if you liked stuff like, you know, Lex, if you like stuff like Firefly, um, like if you like stuff like Stranger Things, you know, this has got that 80s weird kind of vibe to it. So if that's your thing, Right, and also if you like that collaboration between visuals and um, music, then yeah, you really want to check it out. And if you're just curious, right, if you've got a curious nature, check it out because this is fantastic. It really is. And hey, I will say, right, so, um, this isn't available on Shudder. Um, but yeah, check out the uh, Turbo Killer music video beforehand. Like, look, I didn't. And I still got it. I still enjoyed it. I, I looked at it afterwards. Um, but yeah, it will be an interesting... Look, I, yeah, if you like Turbo Killer, you will love Blood Machines. And Turbo Kill is four minutes, right? So the link for, to that will be in the episode details for this. Um, so, yeah, check it out. But it's on Shudder. Hey, that's two big hits in a row. 
right? Because they had um, Blood Quantum, which was incredible. And so, yeah, now it's followed by this. And uh, you can watch it today, people. It dropped today. And, uh, yeah, you will not be let down. Not be let down. Uh, yeah, I will guarantee that. It's just awesome. So go check it out and have some fun. Oh, but remember, definitely watch them back to back, right? So it's 50, 60 minutes, right? So it's not, you know, it's shorter than a normal film, but you're still going to have that same enjoyment and it just works better. You know what I mean? You don't want to watch one and then come back a few days later, watch the next. No, watch them back to back. But they're all available today. All right. Enjoy, people. Have fun. Okay, people. So that's it. Yep. Oh, I highly recommend checking out blood machines man definitely my uh pick of the week right um but before we bounce a bit of film news all right so it would seem that um sony pictures and michael bay are collaborating on a new feature uh, which is going to be an adaptation of Mark Greenway's um, new Armoured book. Uh, so, the, um, the story is uh, a high-risk security contractor who suffers from old wounds, both physical and mental, and reluctantly takes a job working on a heavily armoured convoy shuttling UN delegates through Mexico's cartel country. High on the devil's spine of the Syria Madre, the mission turns into a desperate struggle for survival as corrupt police, rival gangs and an enemy within. All try to destroy the tiny motorcade before the peace talks bear fruit. Uh, so Bay's going to be producing along with Irwin Stoff. Um, and they're looking for a writer to uh, come on board the project. So next up, you know what I mean? We, we just looked at... Um, a happy Madison film this week. Well, Adam Sandler and Netflix have just worked out a new film from their uh, big deal, and that's going to be Hustle, uh, which is going to be directed by Jeremiah Zaga, and um, LeBron James is producing. So the story is this, uh, Sandler's going to be playing an American basketball scout who after being unjustly fired discovers a talented player abroad and decides to bring him to the US to prove that they both have what it takes to make it in the NBA. Um, the film is going to be written by Taylor Matrine and Will Fetters. 
And um, yeah, no word on, uh, you know, when production will go underway and all of that. But I'm sure when, you know, everything starts to open up properly, we'll have more news on that. Okay, some other news. So, uh, Peter Dinklage and Jason Momoa have, um, you know, they've just signed on to the leads of Good, Bad and Undead at Legendary. Uh, So, the film is centering on uh, Van Helsing, who has developed an uneasy partnership with a vampire who has taken a vow never to kill again. Together they run a scam from town to town where Van Helsing pretends to vanquish uh, the vampire for money. But when a massive bounty is put on the vampire's head, everything in this dangerous world full of monsters and magic is now after them. So, uh, yeah, um, Dinklage is going to be playing Van Helsing and Momoa, the um, vampire. Max Barbakov is going to be directing and producing. Right, so next up, well, earlier in the week, we got word that SJ Clarkson has signed on to um yeah to film um a new marvel project for sony in their spumc universe uh now word is it's the film is meant to be focused on madam web but that's not really been confirmed but more news so um mark guggenheim has been hired to write a script for a jackpot film. Yeah, so that's going to be two uh, female-led features coming through uh, Sony. Now, if you don't know, Jackpot is a guilt-ridden crime-fighting mum with exceptional strength. Um, Yeah, I think she spun out of Spider-Man. So, uh... Yeah, so we can expect those projects coming um, at some point soon. And also, there was the big news that uh, the Zack Snyder Cut of Justice League will be coming to HBO Max. Um, So, yeah, I believe it's coming... In July, right? I think I'm right on that front. Um, now the weird thing about it is, though, right? Everyone's saying, "Oh, yeah, you know this this Snyder cut of the film, man, it's been there and blah blah blah." Well, not quite, right? Because you know they're they're putting an extra twenty thirty million. Into um, Yeah just Getting some new dialogue Recorded and um, You know just Effects and A lot of post production work And also 
<laughs> the, the crazy thing of this is um yeah this is gonna be uh it's long yeah <laughs> you know what i mean this is gonna be long i think they're talking about four hours right so it they but they haven't decided in what format that's gonna sit on the service so whether it's gonna be a four hour big chunk or if they're gonna split it into chapters or parts you know what i mean like no one really knows right now but uh yeah so that's coming so it's not really you know this uh, this film that everyone believed was sitting around and um yeah so that means it can be reshaped it can be changed and certain elements that people hated from you know the the version that hit cinema yeah they can be altered be interesting how different it will be though but i do feel that it, there is a slight disservice done You know what I mean? Because it's like, yo They brought in Was it? Abrahams or Whedon One of the two came in And finished up the project At the very last minute Because, you know what I mean? Like, there was tragedy in Snyder's family So, like, the version that hit cinemas That's not really that person's vision you know what I mean they came into a project so it kind of is what it is so this new thing like would this of because this wouldn't have come out back when you know Justice League hit because they're not putting out a four hour film so like the real cut would have been like what would he have done with within the confines of uh, uh, you know the time of a film that they would have put out in theaters i mean that's uh, that would be a fair representation but this you know i mean this is just something complete this is like a director's cut you know i mean coming back with some extra shit that will be sitting on a blu-ray kind of thing but you know Oh, you know what, sorry, it's coming next year Yeah, it, it, it's not this year, it's coming next year But it will be interesting to see how this is um, Yeah, accepted by fans and everything like that But, people, we're going to end on this uh, So Dennis Villeneuve, he's June, is coming in um, I believe it's, the, you know, just before Christmas Right, um, this year, but he came um, out with some information uh, in an interview with Empire. So um, he revealed that getting the design of the giant sandworms um, for Arrakis took, uh, you know, a big chunk of time, right? He said, um, we talked about every little detail that would make such a beast possible. From the texture of the skin, to the way the mouth opens, to the system to eat its food in the sand. It was a year of work to design and to find a perfect shape that looked pr 
prosthetic enough um so yeah that's just added reinforcement to uh, the excitement coming with this film that you know what i mean they didn't rush it we're not gonna see some hokey bullshit you know what i mean like stills of hit and it does look interesting right so uh yeah i cannot wait so it's um yeah december the 18th this will be hitting cinemas so um yeah can't wait man um but yeah th- that is us for this week people uh yeah hope you can um go check out blood machines um and uh, enjoy your film watching we will uh, catch up again next week all right peace